Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, I miss Uncle Dougie. He'll be back with us next week. But I'm really excited to have here. This is a living legend, folks. This is a, a real guy who is a doobie, literally. He is the bee whisperer. I love him. He's Steve Rapaski, Meadowsweet Apiaries. And, of course, he can get those bees away from your family with Bee Control of Pittsburgh. It's great to have you here. Good morning, and thanks for coming in. Good morning, Rob. Good to see you. I get real giddy when you stop in because I really admire what you do and how much passion you have for what you do. And this is something that really, you just every time I get in front of you, I learn something new about you. And by the way, we're going to take your calls on everything that has to do with the buzz in the backyard, those pollinators. But also, this guy can do gardening questions. He can handle tree questions, shrub questions, lawn questions. There isn't anything he can't handle. Doug's friends know how to roll. So give us a call. Anything on your mind, 866-391-1020. And as always, the first uh, 10 callers are going to have an opportunity. And if you're number 10, you're going to be the winner that's right, of that incredible gift certificate from Sorgles out in uh, Wexford. So the 10th caller wins it, so start dialing now at 412-922-1020. But I was talking to Marita Williams yesterday, AAA Central's Talking Travel, this big trip that is going to be going to Africa in 2023. And lo and behold, you've been there multiple times. So why would Steve Rapaski, whose life is bees, go to Africa? Well, Rob, as you know, bees are everywhere. Um, and I had the opportunity, fortunately, uh, through a, a former professor at Penn State, who was doing some research over in Kenya, eastern Kenya. Mm -hmm. And we had been bugging her for years, you got to take us, you got to take us. And she finally put together a group of 10 beekeepers, and that was back in 2017, I believe, prior to COVID. And uh, we were there three years in in a row, uh, January of each year, and then COVID hit, of course. But we were there to visit uh, with the Kenyan beekeepers and work with them hands-on in their hives and see how it's— it is to truly work an African bee. I mean, you know, we have the killer bees here in the United States, which is actually a hybrid between the European honeybee and the African bee. While we are handling the true African bee, which have the, the meaner genetics and things like that, fabulous experience. I was listening to that show, and, and it brought back a lot of memories of being in, in Africa and seeing the elephants and the drafts and, and working the bees and visiting some amazing people. Listen, we're going to be talking next year hour about picnics and food safety, but also you got to think about keeping people safe. How do you keep the wasp and hornets and those little bumblebees that serve a purpose, but away from the family, especially the youngsters who are out there with the garden hose or taking a dip in the, the kiddie pool? So how do you do that? Yeah, it you know, it, that's the biggest challenge that we see at bee control, my pest control side of the business. Um, you know, the unfortunate thing is that you're never going to create a bubble around the house. You know, we're always going to have insects. We live in the outdoors. So this is this is the time of year we spend more and more time outside. It's more about uh, being educated about what you're dealing with. This time of year, we see those big, fat carpenter bees that yeah. are hovering around the decks and the pool decks. And people, 
as a society, we're terrified of stinging insects. And we have to understand that not, not all stinging insects are quote-unquote bees. You know, that we have 400 species of bees, and the bees are actually very docile. It's those other ones. And we were talking about the, the big five in Africa mm-hmm. earlier, and we have the big five here in Pennsylvania. We have the paper wasp, the, the European hornets, the uh, bald-faced hornets, paper wasps, and honeybees. Those are the five that are most prevalent. And understanding which ones are dangerous and which ones are not um, are very important to enjoying your time over the Memorial Day weekend or July 4th or whatever it may be. Uh, but as far as prevention is concerned, we certainly op- offer preventative services to folks' homes to help prevent them from nesting. When you prevent stinging insects from nesting, you minimize population, which then minimizes their defensiveness. Uh, but also taking um, certain actions to, to keep the insects away. You know, make sure your food is covered. You know, don't leave you – know, if you spill pop or anything sweet, you know, make sure you clean that up right away because those are the things that attract insects this time of year because they're looking for those carbohydrates and proteins to take back to their nest that are going to be in the process of building here over the next several weeks. Also, you know, we, we talk all the time why the buzz is the bees, and it's such a good thing. They're pollinators. So here's the question. We're going to get into some gardening questions, as I mentioned, and stuff like that, and flowering questions. So how do you attract these pollinators to come and actually, you know, put in a good day's work in the backyard? Yeah. You know, it's that's the great question. You mentioned about answering gardening questions, and I could certainly do that with the pollinator aspect. Right. Uh, my green thumb is more brown when it comes to the broccoli and cabbage and cucumbers and things like that. But, uh, you know, attracting pollinators is very, very important. And, and we're kind of in a, a nice gray area because there's people that are you're afraid of stinging insects, yet we need to bring them to us because they are responsible for a third of the food that we eat. Mm-hmm. So all those the veggies that you're in fruit that you're going to be enjoying this weekend a lot of that's pollinated by honeybees. So we talk about planting your perennials. You know, I just, I converted my garden because I can't grow anything yeah, successfully. I, I, I converted it to a pollinator-friendly garden. So lots of annuals, lots of perennials, uh, creating the habitat and the food sources for those bees. Um, and we're not talking about the wasp and hornets. We're talking about the good bees. Right. Uh, and making sure that they have that habitat there, putting up artificial nesting structures, whether it's for carpenter bees or whether it's for your mason bees and leaf cutters, the little native solitaries. So lots of ways that we could enhance our backyard or even our front yard um, to, to, to give those pollinators a chance and, and do something good for the environment. And, you know, and if you are dealing with some bee issues or those big five that he mentioned, you want to call in. Our number is 866-391-1020. Mrs. Know-It-All is going to be here in about 30 minutes talking about those jobs in the garden that you can be performing. But right now, Steve Rapaski, uh, he is here. He, of course, from Meadowsweet Apiaries and Bee Control of Pittsburgh. Doug is still out on vacation, and he will be coming back across the Atlantic, and he'll be back in the air chair coming up one week from today. Let me tell you something. This guy really undersells himself, but Doug has said he's gone to you many times to learn about pruning. He loves to go and talk to you, and he actually fishes with you at times. And I think his love of fishing has come from you. So you're a jack of all trades, and you're the master of many. But what do you really like to do? What's your sweet spot, something that you look forward to doing? That's my problem, Rob. I like everything. I'm a big outdoors guy. I mean, back when I was 50 pounds lighter and 20 years younger, I mountain biked and backpacked and and did all that good stuff. Um, But now I really enjoy, enjoy the fishing, but... The pest control business takes me away from the summertime, so I'm really limited to my my fall and winter sports, you know, the hunting, the fishing, uh, a little bit of hiking, and any more as I get older, sitting around a campfire and having a beer, if I can. That's a good thing. Is a, is a good thing. Tell the folks about your your two loves. Of course, we talked about Meadowsweet Apiaries and, of course, Bee Control of Pittsburgh. Talk yeah, Meadowsweet Apiaries started off when I was four, <laughs> essentially. No kidding. Uh, well, the business didn't, but the, the passion for those for the outdoors. You know, I got my degree from Penn State in wildlife science, worked for the state, 
Um, I've been beekeeping since I was a kid. My dad still keeps bees at 81 years old, still tells me what I'm doing wrong. You know, what do dads do, right? They tell us what we do wrong. Uh, But we've been beekeeping forever, and that was always a a major love of mine, um, almost to a fault because it takes me away from my family quite a bit. Uh, But I enjoy it. I enjoy watching the bees. They're fascinating creatures. They're just they're a whole big organism that works on their own. And then, of course, the other side, the pest control, I kind of fell into and um, worked for a guy that did, had the company. And here we are 10 years into owning the business. And I mean, it's fun. I enjoy dealing with the people, enjoy dealing with the insects, the adrenaline of walking up to a big hornet's nest and having them bounce. It's a fabulous, fabulous career that I've walked down. Bee control of Pittsburgh, of course, from Meadow Sweet Apiary, some of the best honey you'll find anywhere. You have a question for this gentleman. Now would be a time for you to get on the phone and call us. We're going to talk to Rick from Bellevue in just a couple of minutes. He wants to talk about bees and telephone poles. Uh, we'll take a short. He knows exactly what you're talking about, Rick, so he nodded moments ago. Uh, stay with us, but if you'd love to join us, talk a little bit of bees or anything that has to do with those pollinators and some, well, some gardening stuff as well, too. He can handle it. He is Steve Rapaski. Call us at 866-391-1020. 866-391-1020. This is KDKA 100.1 FM, AM 1020, The Organic Gardener on Rob Pratt Sunday. All right, Steve Rapaski is here, Bee Control of Pittsburgh, Meadow Sweet Apiaries, and Rick, as promised, in Bellevue. You're on KDK with Steve Rapaski for Doug Oster, the organic gardener. Hey, Rick, good morning. Good morning. You know, I constantly see these bees flying around telephone poles. Now, I don't see a nest in the poles. They're just flying around. If you come near them, they fly at you. Why are they doing that? And are they bees or what are they? Yeah, good question, Rick. Yeah, those are actually carpenter bees. That's a very, you sound like many of my customers that call me on a daily basis about similar situations. Yeah, those are carpenter bees. Um, they're relatively harmless. Um, the ones that are flying at you are the males of the species that do not sting. Uh, they think they're bigger than you and better than you, so they're they're being intimidating and trying to defend their territory. But uh, you know, with carpenter bees, their name, as their name implies, they like wood. Um, and even though they're in in the uh, telephone pole, there it's better in the telephone pole than in your deck or on your house. Um, you know, we've taken away a lot of the natural habitat of carpenter bees. They like old dead standing trees, and with development and things along those lines. There's no habitat for them, so they find whatever they can. So usually not an issue with their telephone poles like that. It's better to have them there um, than under your deck. And, and they're a major nuisance is what it boils down to. So nothing to worry about. So why do they do what they do? Why do any animals do what they do, right? I mean, every every animal has a purpose in this world. And What's the it, purpose? So carpenter bees are actually pollinators. They are a true bee. Um, they're a carpenter bee, like a bumblebee or a honeybee or anything else. Um, they do pollinate. You'll see a lot of them on the rose bushes. Um, you know, I see them at Doug's place all the time and at my place. Um, so they do serve a purpose. They have a shorter lifespan of about two or three months, and they disappear, and the next pollinator steps in and takes its place. Uh, it's just the, the function of how they nat- naturally um, find nesting locations is what causes that issue. So it's that, that human, I call it the human-wildlife interface, that conflict that you see. So when insects in their natural habitat interfere with humans in their quote-unquote natural habitat, we have this conflict. So when carpenter bees or yellow jackets end up nesting in our mulch beds and we get hit with a yellow jacket sting because we mow the grass, that's an issue and that's a conflict. So talk to me a little bit about uh, this company of yours. You go and remove hornet's nests, things of that nature. Um, but it, it, it is something that has been a passion, obviously, if you said for 10 years. 
How many times have you told people you shouldn't have done that? Because, look, I go back to when my dad was getting out the garden hose and doing other things, and people always think that they've got the, the best solution. But when it comes to stuff like that, large or small, you really should leave that up to the professional, shouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And we, we try not to tell our customers you shouldn't have done that. We take a, a softer approach, but uh, it, it is uh, frustrating because you're right. I mean, and I'm guilty of that, too. It's, hey, Google is our friend, right? And, and we go and we get a lot of bad information off the internet. Internet. And then after we figure out we did something wrong, we call the professionals. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I mean, you're looking at stinging insects. And with health issues, you don't know if you're allergic or not. You can get into something that could end up being in a hospital, you know, for a lengthy stay. And, and I half jokingly tell my, my potential clients is, you know, our service is a lot cheaper than a hospital stay. Yeah. So, I mean, I have people that I know that are allergic to bee stings. Absolutely. But that would not be good for somebody in your profession. But should somebody find out early on if they're allergic to, 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 to bees or you just kind of wait and it's a hit and miss? You know, that that varies. And I'm not a doctor by any means. And, and the term allergy and allergic is a very broad term. I mean, right. you know, I have a reaction to poison ivy. Am I allergic? Technically, yes. Am I anaphylaxis at the opposite end where we can go into shock? No. And that's where people, you could be allergic to a bee sting but not actually have anaphylaxis issues where you actually end up in the hospital. So if you want to take it on and get tested, absolutely. I think even better yet is just to be more aware of your surroundings. If you're walking, you know, to go mow the grass, walk the yard first, take a look and see, do you see insects coming in and out of a certain spot, your mulch bed or your ground before you trim the hedges, you know, kind of take a look around. It's amazing how fast a bald faced hornet's nest can grow. These are those big gray yeah. nests in a tree the tornado. where, you know, they, they, right above somebody's entryway and it grows rapidly in six weeks the size of a basketball and people don't notice it and they walk in that door every day so just being more aware of your surroundings and paying attention to hey i keep seeing that bee going into that corner of the brick in my house i better you know check it out and call a professional and call us at bee control a lot of it we could diagnose over the phone and and give you a, a rough cost if it be and no pun intended, and go from there. Listen, if you have some questions about those uh, bees that buzz around your house, hornets, yellow jackets, all of that stuff that he is famous for, wasp, you can call us. Our, our lines are open at 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. You know, we've been talking about this for well over a decade as far as the, the, the loss of the, the those bees that pollinate. Are we getting any better with that, or is it getting worse? It's certainly not getting worse. That's the great thing. I mean, we are not getting worse. However, we're not getting better as fast as we would like. Um, you know, our focus um, unintentionally is on honeybees and because that's the, where the media grabs on. Honeybees is that romantic view. Everybody wants to save the bees, so they try to become a beekeeper. The reality of it is we don't need more beekeepers. We need more homeowners being responsible with what they spray or don't spray or plant and don't plant. And killing and, off those bees. And killing off the bee. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, so there's four things that, that have an influence on our honeybees, which are pesticides, pathogens, poor nutrition, and pests. And those four factor pressures really change our dynamic, and we are continuing to lose about 40% of our colonies every year, but we are able to recover again the next year. So it's just this up and down, up and down type of a thing. Uh, but we need to stop spraying our lawns for clovers and dandelions because that's food resources, not only for the honeybees. And I mentioned we don't need more beekeepers, um, and our focus is on honeybees, but we should be focusing on the 400 species of native pollinators that we have in Pennsylvania because those are the ones that are dwindling at a much faster rate that we can't recover as quickly. Um, honeybees are, are European honeybee. They're imported back in the 1600s. 
these other 400 species are natives and we're losing our native bees. And that's where our focus really should be when we talk about protecting pollinators. You know where I think the majority of people get their first bee sting? Going outside on their bare feet. Yeah. At least those of us our age, right? <laughs> right? You know, when I was a kid, I you know, I mentioned I've been keeping bees since I was four years old with my dad and he still keeps bees. I would run around barefoot on the clover and get stung all, all the, the time. time, all the time. Now my nieces and nephews run around Nothing. They no. don't get stung. Their worst issue is maybe a yellow jacket if we run into one. But that's our fond- fondest memory of, of getting stung. I think now the days, um, the, the younger generations, it's getting stung by yellow jackets because they run over it with a lawnmower. Hey, real quick, always looking for a few people to step up and be a part of your team. Talk yeah. about bee control and how you're always looking for a few to give you a helping We're hand. always looking for a few good men, absolutely. And, you know, We're a full-time seasonal company, so we work April through November nonstop. Um, relative nonstop. Even in the uh, fall and the early winter? Into, yeah, because the yellow jackets will persist. I mean, with our weather and climate changing, it's warm in November. We really don't have a winter until January, but we, we work into the start of November. Um, just like every other company in Pittsburgh, we're short-staffed. Um, you know, Frustrating, isn't it? It's very frustrating. We've got so much work coming in and so little guys to do it. Um, we're running and doing the best we can. It doesn't mean that we can't take more customers. We're doing what we can to, to handle what we can. But certainly, if, if there's a high school student that just recently graduated and looking for a summer position or somebody that wants to do something different, hands-on, uh, working with people, but working with an adrenaline rush of dealing with stinging insects and prevention and control elimination, we're Pittsburgh's premier pest control company. I mean, we, we bee control Pittsburgh. We do it all when it comes to stinging insects. Why don't you give them that number? Sure. You can give me a call at 412-765-0335. You could also reach me at beecontrolpittsburgh.com through the contact form. Be more than happy to assist you with stinging insect needs or even hiring needs. Doug Oster, DougOster.com. He is off. He'll be back with us next week. Always happy to have Steve Rapaski here. Meadowsweet Apiaries, Bee Control of Pittsburgh. Phones are filling up. We're going to get to your calls. If you want to join us, 866 Doug is off. Back with us next week. Still to come, Mrs. Noado, those gardening jobs that need to be done. But right now, Steve Rapaski for another segment, taking your phone calls. Of course, uh, Meadowsweet Apiaries, Bee Control of Pittsburgh. Number is 866-391-1020. Tenth caller wins a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's in Clinton. 412-922-1020. Here is John. You're on KDKA. Good morning, John. Yes, good morning. Uh, I planted tulips uh, back around the first week of November. Um, they started to spot up through the ground probably around the, hmm, I'm going to say it's around the middle and the March, and none of them come up. Uh, I got a few um, of the leaves came up. Uh, one of them did sprout up and got flowers on it, but that was it. Uh, what happened? Did I do something wrong? I planted them about five inches deep. Uh, was it because of the cold weather that we had, uh, the cold nights that we had in uh, April? That's a great question, John, and and that's actually an answer I know. Um, you hit the nail on the head with the weather. This past April was so crazy with weather, wet, cold, rain, hot, cold, more rain, snow, more hot. And what happened with a lot of the perennials out there is they, they started their process. And even though perennials are known to be hardy and, and can survive a lot of that those late season cold spells, we had such a, a wet uh, spring and then followed by cold and heat. It Basically, a lot of these perennials just basically died out. They lost their energy and couldn't re-sprout or they rotted out at the roots or the bulbs rotted out and, and just 
that was the end of them. So nothing that you did wrong. Um, I noticed that with my my tulips and everything as well, that uh, a lot of that stuff did not come up. So blame it on Mother Nature this round. All right. All right, John, thank you for the call. So let me ask you, if somebody is noticing flowers are depreciating and disappearing and certain things just don't bloom like they did when they moved into the house 10 years ago, could they call you and say, look, maybe do I have a pollinating problem? They could. Um, I would refer to Doug first because right. that, I mean, certainly you have to look at soil pH. You have to look at soil nu- nutrients. You know, we hear Doug talk all the time about making sure you have healthy soil and healthy soil is the basis of having healthy plants. Then on top of that, you add the pollinators into that. You know, pollinators are not important, not only important for um, providing for the fruit, right? They pollinate and the fruit grows and the vegetables grow. Uh, but it's also the seeds. You know, we don't think about the seed aspect of it. As a lot of these plants don't necessarily produce a fruit, so to speak. It, um, their seeds are the fruit, but it's not one that we consume. So you might have um, plants that just have deformed seed heads or not producing seeds like they should, and that could certainly be a pollinator problem. And that comes back to providing that habitat, you know, providing the food sources, the nesting habitat. We talked earlier this this winter about not cleaning up your garden. You know, Mrs. Know-it-all is going to talk about jobs to do. Um, you know, we don't want to clean up our gardens too early because all of those old, dense, dead stems, the leaf litter, all that stuff is there is providing hibernating uh, areas, potential early nesting sites for these pollinators. They're very beneficial, and we don't think about that because it's cold. We want to get cleaned up. We want everything to look nice so that when it does warm up, we have this nice green, lush growth. But in reality, what we might be doing is actually destroying the, the future um, of what we're going to depend on throughout the year. If you want a Steve Rapaski here, Bee Control of Pittsburgh Meadow Sweet Apiaries, if you really want to beautify your yard, can you sometimes overdo it to where you bring too many bees into your backyard? <laughs> or too many bees is never a problem. I was gonna say I, you're asking. You're, I'm biased. I don't think too many bees are ever a problem. Um, and the other thing we have to remember too is that when we talk about bees, we're we're truly talking about the, the native ones, the ones that aren't dangerous to us. You know, you never want too many yellow jackets. Yellow jackets are a big no-no. Hornets, wasps, because those ones are. You know, if we want to separate the two bees and then the other in stinging insects. The other stinging insects are predators. They feed on insects. So they're going to be, by nature, aggressive and defensive. And especially when they start building a nest, they're going to be very defensive of their territory. Whereas the the bee sides of things, whether it's leaf cutters, minor bees, carpenter bees, bumblebees, they're very gentle because they're the vegetarians, if you will, of the insect world. They pollinate. They feed on, on nectar and, and pollen. And they are not dangerous. So if you have leafcutter bees nesting in your patio furniture in those little drain holes, if you have, um, you know, a bumblebee nesting by your steps in the mulch bed, those are great to have around. You know, I wish we could have more and more of those types of insects. But what you don't want is more of those yellow jackets and wasps and horrors because that's where we run into issues. So there's a reason why they're here, Mother Nature. Do yellow jackets and wasps and hornets serve any purpose at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're predators. They, they feed on, on the insects. You know, we talk about our good friend Jess Wallace or a good bug, bad bug, you know, her book. That is a fabulous, you know, we, we talk about the bad bugs destroying some of our plants. Um, but... These other insects, your wasps, your hornets, your bald-faced hornets, are going to feed on those bad bugs, which is going to make your yard and your um, garden much, much healthier. One of my technicians uh, yesterday was laughing because he was out looking at a a client's house and saw a carpenter bee fly around. All of a sudden, a bald-faced hornet came out of nowhere and hit the carpenter bee midair and fell to the ground. The the bald-faced hornet is a predator, and it was actually attacking the carpenter bee as a prey and was going to 
devour it and take it back to its nest site. So Mother Nature is brutal, but boy, she has it. She knows what's so going on. So the moment they start buzzing, they're like stone cold killers. That's the whole thought process. Yeah, as far as the wasp and hornets yeah. and yellow jackets, I mean, it's, you know, that stone cold killer kind of gives you a real hard negative connotation, but that's what they, they are. are. But that's what they are. I mean, you know, we talked about Kenya and, and the lions. I mean, they're gorgeous, but they're killers, you know. So <laughs> Yeah. You know, it is amazing how much activity really goes on in the world around you. Yeah. If you just sit maybe on the back stoop and take a look sometime and, and maybe even bring that little video camera on your smartphone, you might be pretty shocked. It, it never ends. It's it? amazing. You, you asked me what I like to do, and and sometimes it is just sitting in my one of my yards. I have bees out at the Pittsburgh airport, and if I can get five minutes to just sit and watch those bees coming in and out and doing their thing and pollinating a flower, it's fascinating. I mean, they are just insects are a fascinating creature, and it's one of those things I think especially with me, it's lit that fire, especially from the beekeeping side of things. The pest control, you know, it's funny because I, I have clientele. I have to protect our clients from these stinging insects. Uh, but at the same time, boy, I, I like to walk up to a hornet's nest and, and you watch them and they're, they're creating, you know, they're, they're bringing back bark from trees and, and chewing it with their, their jaws and they're creating paper and building the nest out and they're bringing insects in to, to feed their young. And there's a lot of fascinating stuff going on in nature. But when we have that human in conflict, we have to eliminate them. It's like, I, I like to leave spider webs alone. They're yes. not hurting anything because then it's amazing the artistry, you know what I mean? It's... Well, the artistry and even the benefit of catching all those other bugs that you don't want around, you mm -hmm. know? It's... It's, a, it's a continuous cycle. Steve's going to hang with us, but Mrs. Know-It-All is coming up in a couple of moments. Uh, again, tell these men and women out there, if they're looking for a great career, they need to get a hold of you. Absolutely. We are hiring at Bee Control Pittsburgh. You can reach me at 412-765-0335. You can reach me also at beecontrolpittsburgh.com. And, of course, we're here for all your stinging insect prevention, control, and elimination needs. Give us a call. Leave us a message. We'll be more than happy to assist you. See, you should elaborate on that quickly. It's more about prevention, too. You can actually prevent this stuff from becoming Sure. Hazard, right? right. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Right. So we this time of year, we're doing a lot of preventative work, applying um, you know preventative treatments to homes to stop these insects from nesting. And as we progress into June, July, we switch over to the nest elimination phase. There's, we can help you with your stinging insect needs, questions, concerns. We're here. All right. Gardening jobs that need to get done. Mrs. Know-it-all on the other side, Denise Schreiber. And don't forget, Doug, DougOster.com. Follow along and everything that you need to know seven days a week, 24-7. And Doug will be back with his hosting his show a week from today, Rob Pratt Sunday, KDKA 100.1 FM AM 1020. Joe and Frank Dentisi, Coons Cooking Hour. It's all about those outdoor parties and picnics and not only what you're going to be enjoying, but also how to keep that food safe. Coons Cooking Hour within 20 minutes right after Andrew Lindbergh and that news at 8 on KDKA. All right, Doug is off, DougOster.com. Stay in touch with Mr. Oster doing seven days a week, 24-7. Before we get to Mrs. Know-It-All, Denise Schreiber, talking picnics next hour. Nothing like some sweet honey from Meadows uh, Sweet Apiaries for your next picnic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we uh, you know, we sell, we keep bees all over the western part of Pennsylvania from the airport up the 79 corridor to Mercer County. And we sell our honey at the Swickley Farmer's Market every Saturday from 9 to 1. It's a great little market, Rob. If you've never been there, fantastic vendors, lots of different types of uh, veggies and fruits and honey and whatnot, and dentistries are coming in, so I'd like to see some recipes on how they use your, their honey. So. All right, sounds good. Here we go, folks. The journey and uh, the never-ending mission rolls on. Here's Denise at Mrs. Know-It-All. Jobs to do in the garden. How are you, Denise? Uh, good. So one thing Steve talked about, is, and the caller had asked about their garden wasn't as prolific every year, is sometimes it depends on the plant. So perennials 
like to be divided usually every two to three years. Tulip bulbs actually are almost an annual. You might get two to three years out of them, and they just sort of lose their oomph, and you just need to dig them up and replace them with whatever. As much as we'd like them to come back bigger and better every year, that happens. So some of the things to do this week, I know people have been planting, but this is actually our last, last frost-free date. And, and by the way, the 30th is also my anniversary. And what we want to do is make sure our plants are ready to go into the garden. So if you're doing tomatoes and peppers, etc., you want to take them in and out to kind of adjust to the temperatures. And let's face it, this week's been wacky. You know, uh, it's like one day I have shorts and the next day I have a sweatshirt on. So you want to do that. Now, I will tell you, and I get this question every year about peppers. People say their peppers are taking a long time. It, you know, they're not as prolific. Well, that soil is still really cold. I mean, if you go and stick, the temperatures might be warm, but if you go stick your finger into the garden soil, it's cold. And peppers really like heat. So what I like to do is I actually plant mine in containers, and I get a really big crop every year that I'm giving away peppers. Now, you know, some of the other things, you can plant your annuals out now. You've got to weed. You know, it's never our favorite task to do. But with all the rain we've had, the weeds are like going, I'm going to take over the world now because I can you know, um, you will also find some of your uh, perennials and some of your annuals may have receded in the garden. Now, if you can save them and move them to wherever you want them, you can. Otherwise, you know, put them in the compost pile and, you know, it will contribute to next year's garden um, pretty well. Watering. Yeah, yeah what about watering? watering? Yeah, go ahead, Mr. Novotel. You actually, I know you see the commercials and they're doing what I call magic wand watering, that they're, you know, waving their hand back and forth over the plants and they show all these beautiful plants. But actually plants really like watering at the roots. That's where they get most of their nutrients and uptake water and oxygen. So, you know, rather than not only that, when you do the magic wand watering, you can create fungus issues, and especially since we've had, you know, all this cold weather. Now we're going to have really humid weather. That's when fungus tends to kind of take hold of everything. So that's why I'm saying when you water, water at the base. It doesn't matter what time you water. People ask that all the time. Now, don't be watering at 9 o'clock at night. No, unless, you know, it does rain at night, but you don't necessarily need to do that. But anytime the sun is up, go ahead and water. It's fine to start watering then. Just water deeply. All right, Mrs. Know-It-All. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you in the next couple of weeks. But before you leave, Steve Rapaski, here's a call for you from Susan. She joins us on KDK from a canvas, has a carpenter bee question. Hey, Susan. Yes, hello. Hey, go ahead, please. Uh, yes, I have carpenter bees that are up right under the roof in a wooden soffit. Is there any way other than uh, treatment to kill them, to control them? I have put out some traps to trap them, but that I've been very unsuccessful. 
Yeah, great question, Susan. Unfortunately, you know, for elimination purposes, there's no other way other than just using a chemical application. Uh, any of the more passive approaches like the traps that you mentioned, things along those lines, aren't going to be as successful. Um, certainly, carpenter bees are uh, damaging, but they're not structurally damaging. Your house won't fall apart. It's more cosmetic. They drill holes. They defecate on the siding, things along those lines. So typically, the only way to get car- rid of carpenter bees is get rid of all the wood on your house, and then, fortunately, that's not realistic. But uh, yeah, using some of those passive traps are the, are, are the only way to really uh, try, try to minimize that population. Hey, thank you for the call. We were talking about preventative and prevention, something you do. Can you put something on your deck or if you have a, a wooded shed or house to actually prevent or to just have these guys stop from drilling into that wood? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what our company does. You know, we have the services at Bee Control to um, apply certain preventative treatments uh, as far as residual insecticides, repellents, things along those lines to help minimize that type of stuff. And we have to remember, too, it's all about control, not elimination. We want to minimize the damage that they cause to minimize the infestation. Give us a call, 412-765-0335 at Bee Control. We can certainly walk you through the steps. So you see the little cones hanging from the eaves, the gutters, as you move along is it a good advice is it good advice to get the broom and knock them before they become bigger or don't touch them yeah you're, when you're talking about paper wasps yes. what you're talking about yeah i mean if you're not if they're just small i mean certainly yeah knocking them down trying to just keep ahead of them and, and keep them from rebuilding however once that wasp finds that site they're going to be very persistent and at some point you're going to it's going to be a losing battle where you're going to go to swat them and they're going to swat you so um you know try to stay ahead knock the nest down as fast as you can if they're very tiny like the size of your thumb once they get above that you start to see a population increase and you can get yourself into a sticky situation not so much about save the bees but it's about respecting the bees people have to understand there's a reason there's a purpose so let them be Absolutely. And it's, again, you know, respecting stinging insects as a whole. I mean, the bees are one thing. Um, the wasp hornets and yellow jackets, which we call bees, they're not technically bees, but it's understanding, respecting, and calling the professionals when you need to call them. Steve, great job. Thank you, Rob. All right. Stay with us. News. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.